Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Rob Bizzola's on the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Rob Pizzola is a professional sports gambler, comes to us courtesy of the Hammer Betting Network. The Hammer produces daily sports betting content for every major North American sport. You can visit thehammer.bet or you can go to YouTube and search the Hammer HQ. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. Hello, Rob. Hello, Mark. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, and to, to Crowder and Solana as well. Thank you. You still saying it to people, Crowder? No, I never say it to people. I don't really care that much. Even on New Year's Eve, you don't say it? No, it's just it's a day. But just a cursory Happy New Year? You wouldn't, you wouldn't just give a cursory Happy New Year? They might be from another country that they, they represent a different day of New Year. Mm. Interesting. Have you ever thought about that uh, scenario, Pizzola? Yeah, maybe uh, you're offending someone by saying Happy New Year. I personally have never thought too much about this as a, as a whole. I have, I've just said Happy New Year when the clock strikes midnight and, and January 1st. I think at, at January 3rd, you're kind of stretching the boundaries on, on the Happy New Year. Larry but... David says this is the final day. That's why yeah. I said it. Larry David's got the rules and he said today is the final day. Yeah, like Solana seems to me like a guy that would say it for all of January. But uh, I, I think the the first and second day, okay, you could get away with the third, but by tomorrow we have to move on. It's 2024. Yeah. Let's get with the program. Solana? No, I think you have uh, seven days, one full week from New Year's Day. So January 7th after the 7th, then, you know, you're probably stretching out that boundary a bit too far for my comfort. But seven full days, you get a week to wish people a happy new year. It's a big deal. We're all ringing in a new year together. No. If 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 you've already wished someone a happy new year, say on January 2nd, then you see them again on the 4th. Do you say it again up until the 7th or it's one per customer? No, I'm saying it again up until the 7th. Every time I see you, I'm telling you. <laughs> What, what about Happy other new cultures? Year. Like like the Chinese New Year is in February, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in mid-February. So do you go around like in the end of February wishing people Happy New Year? Like it it, it just Thank wouldn't you. make a whole lot of sense in my opinion. Very so my very very myopic of y'all. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very uh um um what's what's the word when we, we only Western. care about the US and no one else. Discriminatory. Yeah, it's very discriminatory, Solana. It's a discriminator. Well, I, Rob, say? I don't remember you wishing me a happy new year uh, during Rosh Hashanah. Mm, that's a valid point. Crowder, I don't remember you wishing me a happy new year during Rosh Hashanah either. I'm sorry. Well, Crowder doesn't wish anyone a happy new year. We I already don't. established that. You know what, right. Rob? I think it's an easy out so you don't have to really communicate with people because I have to really go out of my way. Hey, how you doing, man? Your wife's good? How's the kids? I really I really care about people. Happy New Year is an easy out. Yep. I'm with you. It's pretty sad. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll get messages like 12.05, January 1st in the morning, 
and someone wishing me a happy new year. And I'm just scrolling through our message history and it's happy new year, happy birthday, happy mm. new year. It's like, I don't even talk to these people. I haven't yeah. seen this guy since high school. Like, why yeah. is he messaging me? It's, it's really weird. I do find it. I'm mm -hmm. closer to the Crowder belief system than the Solana belief system. Yeah. Interesting. And wow. birthdays too, Rob. Birthdays are nothing. It's nine months after your parents had sex. Mm. You just had a massive 40th birthday blowout that was three days long on South Beach that I, I had to go buy my wife a new outfit for. I know. And, and every time I looked at my mom and dad, I shook my head. You nasty jokers. <laughs> you guys don't respect just a good old-fashioned common courtesy. That's right. what I think this boils down to. Yeah. A good like, old-fashioned it, common courtesy. There's too many naysayers out there on this. Well, <laughs> I, I, I will say I, I'm very courteous in life. I'll hold the door open for someone when they're coming in behind me or whatever. Happy birth. Not everyone wants to be wished happy birthday. A lot mm. of times I'm, I'm in like my mid to late 30s. For me, all I'm thinking about is I'm getting closer to 40 each one of those years. I don't want people wishing me a happy birthday. I want to forget that that day exists. I could wish I could forget my age. So mm. to me, Solana, you might be doing a common courtesy for me, wishing me a happy birthday, but I want to punch you in the head when that happens. I don't <laughs> right. want to hear it. How do you think Joe Biden feels, Solana? <laughs> what are we doing here all right let, let me get <laughs> let me get into some games heat and lakers tonight rob heat and lakers late night means a very late night on the radio for alejandro solana probably wraps up his post game show around 2 2 30 in the morning tonight oh it's a tough one i used yeah. to work those hours though you know something you got to put in the work it pays off in the end, Solana. Yeah, no, pays no. Off. He he loves to bitch and complain about it like none of us have ever put in hard work or done the <laughs> overnight shift. That's the thing that amazes me with him. I Hold on a second. I love this shift. I love this gig. And I'm very proud that I get to be up tonight next to Jimmy till 2 in the morning. I can't wait, truthfully. Lakers tonight, five and a half point favorites over the Heat. Enjoy it while it lasts, Solana. I don't know if you read the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, lot, lots of injuries to take into account for in tonight's game. I'm I'm not a huge NBA better in the sense that I'm not the guy that's going to be able to uh, cipher through all these injuries, tell you their exact impact on the game. Typically speaking, though, I think that there's a, like matchups make fights. That's kind of styles make fights. It's how I handicap a lot of games. Miami has a pretty glaring weakness on defense, and that is at the rim. Like, they give up a ton of points inside the paint. They rank 27th in the league there. You look at the Lakers, that's where they take a ton of their shots within four feet, second in the league in that area. They do a pretty good job there. So not a good stylistic matchup for Miami. I didn't bet this game. Um, just a lot of injury information to cipher through. I don't know what, you know, without Butler, that, you know, it kind of trends off over time. Uh, tough game for me. Uh, I'll, I'll root with the Miami fan group, though, because I, I just don't have an opinion on it. All right, fair enough. How about UM and Clemson tonight, college hoops? Okay, another tough one, but Miami undefeated at home this year. You guys know that. I don't hate the matchup. If you look Actually, through Miami, any of us knew that. <laughs> did, did, know that. that. did you know that, Crowder? Solana knew that for sure. I didn't. I knew that. Yeah. Solana, you didn't even have the UM Clemson game in the headlines at 2 o'clock. I had to tell you they were playing tonight. Losses this year to Kentucky on the road 
and a couple other teams as well, but all on the road. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds about right. Be locked in. Well, he's just yeah. Clemson is number 16 in the nation. They're one and a half point favorite at the Watsco Center tonight. Okay. So if you look through Miami's peripherals this year, the one thing that's going to stand out to you is that they turn the ball over a lot. That's kind of been the Achilles heel for them. 18% turnover percentage. That's 252nd in the country. With that said, Clemson plays a very passive style of defense. They don't gamble a lot. They only generate a turnover on 13.5% of possessions. That's 348th in the country. I wasn't even sure that there were that many teams in the country, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. So they don't generate turnovers. I don't have strong thoughts here. Other than that, I do think this game is going to be played at pace. That's how Miami plays, super fast. They shoot the ball really well. They also don't defend the two very well. Clemson, 57% from on two-pointers this year. They're going to find some good looks. It's a high total for a college game. Not quite on the cusp where I would bet it to the over, but very, very close to being there. If you just want to watch the game, enjoy yourself, I think there's worse bets you can make than taking the over in this game tonight. Bet it on the over or the under? The over. Okay, because you said it was a high total. Yeah, it is. I, I, that's okay. kind of what's scaring me off a little bit is that we got a big number for a college game. Gotcha. You need the efficiency to be – we know it's going to be played fast. You just need the kids to hit their shots – but they're going to get good looks in this game. So hopefully they're going down. Here's the one that counts. We are counting it down. This is as big as it gets. The Miami Dolphins host the Buffalo Bills Sunday night, primetime, Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, there is so much on the line here. If the Dolphins lose, they will travel to Kansas City round one for the playoffs. If they win, they will play and host either Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, or the Buffalo Bills once again. Uh, and we even started today's show trying to go around the room like who's got the guts. And none of us seemed to have the guts <laughs> when it comes to the Dolphins because we've kind of seen this movie before, and they are so battered. I mean, they are just injured beyond belief. Buffalo's a three-point favorite over the Dolphins. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you guys, where I would love to find a way to bet Miami but I haven't been able to do it just yet. If this game was played last week before Baltimore blew out Miami, the Dolphins would be favored in this game, or at least it would be a pickup. And now they're getting three points at home. So there's been an adjustment over the course of a week. I actually don't think Buffalo is that good. Buffalo's won four in a row. They've gotten themselves back in the mix. Offensively, they're still a disaster. Josh Allen's dealing with a neck stinger right now. He played terrible against the Patriots. It just happened to be the Patriots last week. The Bills are like the complete opposite of the team that they were last year. Huge explosive plays. They don't do any of that now. Stephon Diggs has only been on the field for like 50% of snaps in the past three weeks. He's probably injured as well. So there's so many reasons I could take Miami in this game. But that injury report is just a disaster. And like there's the Jalen Waddle news now. I honestly don't think Jalen Waddle's going to play. I don't see them. For, they're in the playoffs. And they know they're going to have to play next week regardless. I don't see them forcing him back. One thing I just saw like an hour ago, Tyreek Hill's house was on fire. If you guys saw that, yeah. he was in a boot. Yeah. And I'm like, where did this come? Like he came back into the game last week, but he's wearing a, a walking boot as well. So it's it's just a really tough situation. Uh, I'm looking to bet the under in this game, personally. I think Miami's offensive line is not holding up as well it was as it was earlier in the year. You do get the injuries on defense that matter. Like the Bradley Chubb thing is, is huge, especially when they lost Jalen Phillips already. But Buffalo's not throwing the ball downfield anymore. 
It's dink and dunk, marching up the field, long drives. And we got a total right now, 49 and a half or 50 in a very tightly contested, basically playoff atmosphere. Uh, I like the under in the game. So that that's the way I'm going to play it. If I had to play the side, I would bet Miami, but I don't have much conviction right now. Let me ask you, uh, yesterday I read on the air a thread. Now, you're a professional gambler, Rob Pizzola. Um, I'm a hack. I read a thread <laughs> from a guy who had kind of tweeted out all the incentives, the incentive clauses that were out there. I thought it was brilliant. Here's a way to know who's got what at stake for the final week of the season. Then I think I saw last night, I may have been on Ambien, but I think I saw last night you torched this guy and the thread that I actually spent a segment reading on the air yesterday. Why are those incentives uh, worthless? This used to be a thing uh, three, four, five years ago where it was flying under the radar. But, you know, if you needed a player, especially teams that were out of the mix, they're not playing for anything in the playoffs. If there's a, a player that needed to get 100 receiving yards to get a bonus, the quarterback would force feed him the ball a little bit. We actually famously saw Antonio Brown walk off the field because Brady wasn't throwing him the ball well enough in that game for him to reach his incentive. So it was actually a thing. But now, and what happens in the betting space is when this becomes public information and now everybody's onto it, the odds makers adjust. So this is already built into the price now. You'll see props come out later in week 18 than they typically do. And you'll notice that players that have incentives baked into their contract, they need to reach certain targets. Their prices are going to be way adjusted to account for that. I would actually argue that the market's now overcorrected and you're good to bet the under on a lot of these players. If you did that last year, you would have made a killing. Patrick Mahomes needed like 300 yards to get some sort of bonus last year. People were betting his overs like it was crazy. He finished with 202 yards. These, these examples are happening more and more now. And uh, it, it's it's just stuff that's already baked into the market. So yes, it was an angle for a while and you could have capitalized on it. But now that everyone knows, the sports books know as well, and they can set their prices accordingly based off of this. So um, so they're not going to make a mistake and put Chris Jones over under sack one half because well, if he gets a sack, he gets a million dollars. If they do, you'll have to bet that mistake within 30 seconds because everybody's looking to capitalize on the same bet and a bunch of people hit it and then it moves and it's gone forever. So that's the But a lot of these don't even make sense, Mark. Like I, that thread was like Jordan Love gets another $500,000 if the Packers make the playoffs. Bet him over on passing yards. Who cares? They're trying to make the playoffs. Like, what's he going to audible out of all their running plays so he can hit his incentives? Like, he just wants to make the playoffs. Has nothing to, like, some of these just don't make any logical sense. Uh, you, they're, they're, you know, the sack ones as well. What is, what's the defensive coordinator going to do? Just dial up a bunch of new schemes so that one guy can get an extra million dollars. The teams don't even want to pay the extra million dollars. It's like counterintuitive to, to the, the entire situation. So that that's my, it used to work with some skill position players. It's just not a thing anymore is, is the reality of the situation. So if you're, the, if you're the person out there that's looking through all these incentives this week to see who to bet in your player props, just know it's not an edge anymore. I mean, the market already accounts for it. Well, there's $15,000 down the drain on Jordan Love's over. Anyway, <laughs> how about the national championship game? Because we won't talk to you uh, until, uh, is that Monday? Um, 
<laughs> just, just making sure that we're not going to talk to him again. I don't know. Sometimes these things get delayed a few weeks. Washington and Michigan national championship. Uh, I like to root for the underdog story, but I think Michigan is the play here because I really think that they can bully Washington at the line of scrimmage, especially on offense. Uh, I don't watch a ton of college football, so people bear with me. I'm not going to pretend and proclaim like I'm the best college football analyst on the planet, right? Uh, Penix, am- amazing arm. Like, he can just gun it into tight spaces. But it, over the course of the few Washington games I've watched this year, he comes very close to taking sacks. He gets it out just on time. This is a, a completely different Michigan defense, in my opinion. And if you look at Penix's numbers this year, when he's face pressure versus when he hasn't faced pressure, now... Every quarterback gets worse when they face pressure, but his numbers just drop off a ton this season whenever he's under pressure. So I really think this is just a different test for them. Uh, But on the offensive side of the ball for Michigan, this O-line is huge. They will push around the defensive front for Washington. And in games like that, where you have a big edge at the line of scrimmage, I tend to side with that team. So uh, I'll play the Wolverines in this game. I will lay the points. Um, Not like a huge degree of confidence in there, but that, but that's just the way I see the game playing out. I feel about your Cowboys. Uh, the same as, same as every week, sometimes good, sometimes bad. I, I go back and forth. I convince myself they have a chance to win and then they look terrible. And I convince myself, that, you know, I'm crazy. I don't know what to do with this team anymore. I don't, I'm just that, uh, the, the biggest joy for me over the past month was seeing the Jimmy Johnson ring of honor thing this week with all the old Dallas Cowboys there. I thought that was a great moment. It made me forget about the fact that this team's going to disappoint me in three weeks. <laughs> Bingo. What do you think about uh, Dan Campbell at the end of the game and the, uh, the refs and uh, like, you know, cause obviously you're, you're a gambler and one of your famous uh, frequent tweets is people gamble real money on these games. What was your take there? Uh, I think the, the Lions got jobbed is what I think happened in that game. I, I think the, the Lions got a little bit too, um, you know, they tried to cause some confusion. Cutie. Yeah, they got cutesy. They could have just had one player report. They tried to mislead the Cowboys, but they really didn't do anything wrong in that situation. It was a referee mistake is all it came down to. One player reported. He thought it was the wrong player. Now, where Detroit probably could have picked up on it was when it wasn't announced to the crowd because typically, you know, the referee will announce that to the crowd after that happens. That didn't happen in real time. They should have picked up on that and realized something was wrong. But ultimately, they did everything right. Refs got it wrong. Some people might blame them because, like you said, Mark, it was it was a little bit cute. I personally don't. I think at the end of the day, they were, tr- they were trying some gamesmanship. It didn't work out, but uh, it happens. This is sports. We bet on it. Like we bet real money on these games and uh, it's not the only game in hit. I bet on a, on a team with, I bet on a game with replacement referees where the, there was a hail Mary thrown that was 100% not caught. And they reviewed the play and still called it a touchdown. After I saw that in sports, anything can happen. So uh, I, you know, it is what it is. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And Rob, you're you're a number like you break down numbers, percentages, and all that. You go for it. You go for two. You get a penalty. They call it back. Then you go to the seven. Then you get an offside. You go back to the two. Like those those the percentage chance of getting a two point convergence has to go down on the third try, right? I would say so, yes. So, and it was also at the three and a half because the offside oh, is yeah. not five yards; it's half the distance to the goal. So they take it to seven to the three and a half. Dan Campbell is a gambling man. I I like Dan Campbell. I don't think he's necessarily like the analytics coach, right? There's some coaches out there that have the numbers and they go for it or they don't in the right situations. He just gambles. He's like, no, we're gonna do it. We trust our offense. We got a great offense. Let's do it. Let's get it done. I kind of respect that out of a coach. Personally, I don't think it was the right play in that situation. Uh, and I'm I'm one that likes to go forward in a lot of these scenarios or would go forward in a lot of these scenarios. But yeah, the more and more times you show two-pointers, two-pointer attempts, especially in a specific game, the less likely you're going to be to convert. Do you, uh, you do a year-end total? Did you total up all your gambling for 2023 and you say to yourself, hey, this is what I made this year. This is what I lost this year. This was our income. Like, do you do that? I do that. Yes, I do. I say it's uh, maybe it's time for me to get it get myself a job or something after. Uh, <laughs> did you have a good 2023 or no? I, I did, but it depends. It's good is a relative word, right? Well, relative I, I, to your previous. No, years. my, my edge is going down and will continue to go down over time. This is, it's just a very saturated market. Now there's more people paying attention to sports betting than there ever have been. It's tougher to win in those conditions. That's just the honest truth to people out there. Is it still good enough for me to put together a very good living? Sure, it is. But it's nowhere near what I would call the glory days for me. And I don't think I will ever get back there. Because, because of the saturation. You, you need the edge. But with so much information being instantaneously tweeted and shared out there, your edge, your ability to get that instantaneous edge is going. There's just so much competition. Like I, I will remember when I first started betting baseball, um, maybe eight years ago and winning money. Let's say Mike Trout was out one day. That's going to move a line significantly, right? Um, that line would last for several minutes before someone bet it. Nowadays, there's so many Twitter accounts that tweet about it or post the lineups. Within five seconds, if you haven't bet when Mike Trout is out, the line is gone. So it's, you know, I, I don't want to spend my entire life sitting at a computer screen. That's just not not a way to live. So sometimes you just sacrifice the ability to get down on some stuff. And uh, I've you know, taken up other hobbies and tried to build my own businesses as well. And um, I mean, it, it's, it's just tougher. It, it's, when, there's co- when there's more competition, it's tougher. It, and that just goes for anything in life. Got to get rid of that turtle. No, he's right. He's right here. He's right here to the left. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never get rid of him. He's here for life. You ever thought about a, uh, a Tim Hortons franchise? Uh, no, I, I haven't well, given that much. Something to, something to consider. Something there's other good Canadian franchises that I'd be pizza, more likely. Pizza. Uh, pizza, pizza is one, a uh, Swiss chalet. I'm not sure if you're familiar oh, with Swiss I used chalet. to have one in Boca. I mean, three seconds from my house closed, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was the rare Swiss chalet in yeah. South Florida. I I'm actually, fl- I'm, I'm shocked. I actually didn't even know there were us locations. This is the first time I've ever heard about that well i think it was the only one who knew which is why it went out of business i don't think anybody well, understood well, what it was well a lot of a lot of canadians come down to florida in the winter 
that's just the the landing spot for a lot. So it makes sense to put some Canadian establishments in South Florida because that's where a lot of them uh, would would come. So that to me makes sense. But yeah, Swiss Chalet, fine uh, rotisserie chicken establishment. I'm much more likely to start one of those franchises mm. than uh, than a Tim Hortons. What about uh, you ever thought of Pozzola's Poutine? Hmm. Pozzola's Poutine. Pizzola's pizza would have a much better ring to it. Ah, there's so many pizza spots, though. Come on. Stick to your roots. Maybe you go after pizza pizza with Pizzola Pizzola. There we go. Hmm? There we go. There's, I mean, I I, I tried to track down my ancestry one point or another. I'm fairly certain that, like, especially the way that Italian last names were were given back in the day, a lot of it had to do with your occupation, um, generally speaking. So. I, I I bet you like the first Pizzolas were were actually pizza makers and some right. You probably come from a long line of pizza makers. Do you make uh, pizza at home? Um, I, I'm I don't personally. My mm. wife cooks a a mean pizza, so I don't want to I don't want to infringe. Do you bring it in from Pizza Pizza ever, or that's a little too schlocky? Pizza Pizza is not uh, it's not a an establishment that I frequent very often. Very nice. It's like Little Caesars, right? The same thing. I haven't had Little Caesars in a while, but yeah, I would say that's probably a good comp. Yes, that's right. that's a decent enough comp. I think we've covered a lot of ground here. Anybody else have any uh, further questions? <laughs> Happy New Year, Solana. Oh, Thank you. Goodness. Happy New Year, Rob. The, the defense rests. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And December, Rob December 12th, you will get a happy birthday text from me. <laughs> yeah. Professional sports gambler comes to us courtesy of the Hammer Betting Network. And uh, make sure you visit thehammer.bet. Go to YouTube, search The Hammer HQ, and make sure you follow Rob on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. See you, Rob. Thank you very much. See you, guys. This is the Hawk and Crowder Show. Shout out to all the pair. Hawk and Crowder. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.